following program is a proud member of the Palava family of podcasts. Check out all the shows over at palava.com. That's P-A-L-A-V-I.com. Welcome to GleeCast, the somewhat occasionally weekly home of Glee and casting. Here are your hosts, Emily and Erica. Hola, Erica. <laughs> Hola, Emily. For those of our listeners who might have the Spanish skills of a young or middle-aged, not middle-aged, I, I, you know, it's a 35-something, which is not middle-aged at all. It's like one quarter of age. Uh, Will Schuster, that means, hello, Erica. Hello, Emily. So how was, did you, did you brush up on your Spanish this week? I, no, nope. no, I didn't. See, my issue is that in high school, I took Italian and then ah. in, in college, I placed, I placed into the, like, Italian conversation course, which I couldn't hold a conversation in Italian. So I dropped out of that and took Spanish one and I had to take Spanish two also. And then between the two of those, I, um, I like in Spanish, I would, I would just use Italian and I would get them confused. And then on my test, she'd write like, this is Italian. And I'd be like, crap. <laughs> so now I can't, I can't speak either. Okay. Now I speak some, locked out entirely. Yeah. I speak some random hybrid of the two. If I attempt to speak it at all. Yeah, I think what I do is I speak the way Will Schuster actually speaks, which is very um, not academic because that makes me sound smart. And I'm not when it comes to Spanish. But like I, I still I can read Spanish decently. I can listen to it. Listening to it, I basically have to break it like, every, you know, a conversation will go by and I'm no. And when it's over, I just kind of like grab the words that I know. And I flash back to my textbook and the pictures they were. <laughs> and I can, like, always remember because it was the same, uh, like, publisher of books all through middle school. So it was always the same types of drawings. And that's what I, like, exactly what I see. Uh, and that's how I translate Spanish. Well, there we go. Exactly. Hey, it's something, you know. Um, yeah, we're here today to talk about La Profesor mm. de Español. <laughs> yes, the Spanish teacher. I knew that. Good job. I like that there's so many, um, there, there's quite often in the show things that I could just translate to Spanish because they're very basic, but kind of like the episode. But anyway, we'll get to that. Um, other, di- did you watch what I really wanted you to watch? Yes, I did. Yes. So Erica, what did you watch this afternoon? I watched Sexing in Suburbia. Okay. So um, now those of you who are listening uh, the last couple of weeks know that Sex and Suburbia was a made for lifetime original that aired a couple of weeks ago. We both DVR'd it and um, watched it. What'd you think, Erica? It was, it was pretty phenomenal. It was amazing. Uh, uh, my, my favorite line had to be uh, other than the one that, you know, you had said you'd seen in the preview, which was the first rule of sexting, never show your face. Right. My favorite was, oh shit, now I can't remember exactly what it is. Um, oh yeah, yeah. No, it's when, okay, so the whole thing is the, this young girl who's like going to college on a field hockey scholarship and she's prom queen and she's great. And then one day she kills herself. It's like, oh my God, what happened? Why'd she kill herself? Well, because she was being cyber bullied and then really bullied kind of yeah. um, because she had, after not sleeping with her boyfriend on prom night, she then did the smart thing of what you do if you're like a teenage girl and you don't want to lose your boyfriend. You take a picture with your cell phone of you naked and you you message him this. And now do. this is great because what this does is instead of making you look like a slut, it makes you look like a tease, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. 
you're not a prude, you're not a slut, you're just a tease. Um, so now by, I believe this happens on like a Friday night because it's the prom. Well, Monday when she walks into school, all of a sudden everybody knows because everybody's seen it. So yep. the, the big question is, who sent this photo out? So of course she thinks it's her boyfriend at first. Um, I don't want to spoil anything, but let's just say uh, part of the movie is about investigating because she also loses her scholarship for this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which is hilarious um and so then she kills herself and the mother is investigating uh and trying to figure out what happened and uh my favorite scene well no i have two favorite scenes but one <laughs> of my favorite scenes is when the mom is having a conversation with the, one of the girl's friends um who was actually not in town when it happened so she's kind of like seen as being innocent and you know now the mom knows what happened she knows about the picture and she's like and this got and this went online and and the friend says the internet never forgets. <laughs> well, it was like, it was more like, can we, like, w- will it still be there? Will we be able to find it? The, the mom asked. Yes. Yeah. Um, and the ending is, now, the, <laughs> see, I feel like we need to spoil it, because that ending, Okay, we're going to spoil it. Um, so she basically goes through, like, all the, all the friends she has, like, right. her, is it the boyfriend? Is or, it her, like, frenemy? Or her rival? best friend? Yeah, or her mousy best friend who whose phone they discover her phone sent the messages. So it's like, oh my god, you were her best friend. Why would you do this? Were you that jealous of her? No. She left her phone in the limo. And the limo driver brought the phone to the frenemy's mother. mother. Now, a side story. The mothers throughout this are both single mothers, because I guess that's a thing on Lifetime. And they're like BFF mothers. So, you know, the BFF mother is like always there for the one who's mourning the death of her child. But guess what, folks? Guess who sent the text to 40 people? BFF fucking motherfucker. Mother. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, The mom did it. As soon as that happened, I was like, oh, my God. But then I was like, oh, yeah, because this is based on a kind of real story where that happened. Did that really happen? There was, yeah, the, um, no, okay, I'm mixing up stories, but the cyberbullying was, there was a case um, a couple years ago where a girl, like a teenage girl killed herself. And they were investigating, like, you know, why she did this. And it turned out it was because she was being cyberbullied by somebody on MySpace. And whoever was on MySpace was like, you are ugly and fat and you should kill yourself. And it turned out it was one of her, like, not friends, but like her peers, one of her enemies, I guess. Like, her mother was doing it. So it was this, like, 40-year-old woman going on MySpace and sending all these messages to this, like, 14-year-old girl telling her to kill herself. And then she did. Who does that? Who are these people? I don't know, but this woman did it. Uh, oh, 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 and then Law & Order SBU had an episode about it. (laughs) Of course they did. Of course they did. It was brilliant. Um, but yeah, I know in this case, so as soon as that happened, I was like, oh yeah, okay, this makes sense because it's kind of based on a true story. Kind of, sort of, not really. Um, but the best, like, oh, okay. So, so we find out, because I forgot one key plot element. We find out that it's the mother and the, the person who finds out first is actually the daughter, the frenemy. The frenemy. And the frenemy is horrified by this. The frenemy, who's a bitch, who is a blonde <laughs> little cunty bitch the entire film. But she's really upset by the fact that her mother has driven this girl to suicide. Like, she thinks it's awful. And she's screaming at her mother, and she runs out the door. And the mother's like, no, come back, come back. And the girl gets in, her, in the car and speeds away. 
Now, as this is happening, the cops show up at the house and the, the mother is like, you have to go get my daughter. She drove off in a, in a rush. She was speeding. The cops are like, actually, we came for you. You're under arrest for something causing the suicide of a kid. Yep. So now what's got to happen? Well, no, for distributing child porn. Oh, child porn. Right. How could I forget? Damn it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but now so she goes, she gets under arrest. Uh, what, what else happens? Um, with the girl, oh, wait, I'm going to sneeze. You say, wait, <laughs> uh, do it. Bless you. <laughs> Excuse Bless me. You. Um, the girl gets a text message while she's driving angrily crying. <laughs> and she reads it and of course she gets in a car accident she rams into a tree <laughs> so then the next scene is the hospital and it's the girl like in a coma or something and the mother is sitting by her bedside and then the other mother comes in to kind of be like I don't know why you would do this but I don't you know and she's like I, are you happy now that now that my daughter is, is might never walk again so mm. <laughs> like, yeah well my daughter will never breathe again so yep. I win, bitch, and you're going to jail. It was so. It was also a nice PSA for not texting while driving. That's true. There was a lot of lessons in the movie. There was. Uh, but my favorite one of all is the very last scene. Um, they're having there's some kind of assembly, or maybe it's graduation, or it's something. I don't. I think really it was know. just an assembly that okay. the the best friend called. Okay, so the best of the mousy best friend, whose phone it was that sent the messages, but it wasn't really her. Um, she calls this meeting. And the whole school is there, basically. And she gives a speech about how, you know, and this happens in any Lifetime movie about kids, like, or about teenagers. It always ends up being everyone's fault in the end because everybody could have stopped it. Yep. Like, like no one would tell the um, story of Boyfriend Abuse starring Candace Cameron and Fred Savage as a boyfriend that beat her up. Oh. Yeah. Oh, you never saw no one would tell? No. I thought that was like, I thought at our, cause that came out when I was in eighth grade. So it would have been seventh grade. That was the movie. That was the movie that like all the girls were obsessed with when I was a kid. Oh, see, I think for us, it was the face on the milk carton. The face on the milk carton. I like, I was into that one cause I'd read the book, but <laughs> I, that didn't make as big a splash. Cause it wasn't about getting beaten up by your boyfriend, which let's face it. When you're 14 sounds really sexy. Really? Uh, yeah. It? No, I think that was it. I think everybody was like, oh, God, he, like, I totally understand. Um, okay, here's a question. Did you have, um, this is random Long Island trivia, kind of. There's an author. I don't think she's a Long Islander, but um, her name is Janet Bodie. And she kind of specialized in writing these books where she would go around interviewing teenagers. And she would write these sort of, like, fictional short stories about, like, one topic. Um so she had a book called Heartbreak and Roses, and it was all about teenage, young teenagers, like, you know, tweenagers, really, like between the ages of like 13 and 16, who were in abusive relationships. And this was the hit of my school. This was like the only book that I think every kid or at least every female read, because um, it was all about like somebody is obsessed with you. Like, and it's the Twilight thing. Like, mm -hmm. it's the idea that, you know. You don't really want to get beaten up, but you want so you want somebody to love you so much that they would care enough to do it type thing. Okay. Um, so uh, I think that's why when um, – so this author came to our school and spoke. And then she also like had another book about eating disorders and a lot of other things. Actually pretty interesting books if you're a teenager. Like it's actually good reading. Um, but so Heartbreak and Roses, like there was a big school assembly about it. And then about – 
you know, that same month was when No One Would Tell aired. <laughs> so all the girls, it was, you know, just an avalanche. It was the equivalent, I guess, of being a Twilight fan. And then this TV show called The Vampire Diaries comes on. Okay. But you I realize that The Vampire Diaries are also a book, though. Uh, actually, I didn't know that. It, it, yeah, it was a I thing totally before. I did not know that. <laughs> like, they were pre-existing books prior to... I don't know I, if they were written prior to Twilight being written, but prior to Twilight, like, hitting it big, they were already a book. Okay, wow. I am learning all <laughs> sorts of things today. Um, so, back to sexting in suburbia. Uh, the final uh, scene is an assembly where the girl says, essentially, it's all of our faults. We all could have stopped it. We all had phones. So I am calling, I am asking you all for the rest of the year to not use your cell phone. (laughs) And one by one, people come up, they stand up and they walk up to the front. And now correct me if I'm wrong, because you watched it more recently. And they like drop their phone in a bin or something. Yeah, in like a big green recycling bin. (laughs) And like that is the way they they acknowledge this terrible thing that happened. They stop using their cell phones for a few months. And, like, at the end of the year, they're going to pull out the bin and be like, okay, who had this right. phone? <laughs> the iPhone 4. Wait, you know what? They upgraded to 5 now. I don't really want that anymore. <laughs> like, that is the way the movie ends. It ends with a cell phone strike. Yep. That, or there, Well, there's one more scene after that. Uh, I don't even remember. There's, like, the they found one of her vlogs because she, she video vlogged uh, a lot. Right, right, right. Where she was like, these are the things that make me happy. And she ends up, my like, mom. mother. My boyfriend. Field hockey. All the things that got taken away from me when I took a picture of myself naked. Yep. My virginity. Yeah. Well, she never My cell that. phone. My cell phone. Which I'm not yeah. allowed to use for the rest of the month in heaven as some sort of, you know, we're in limbo. Solidarity. Yeah. Um, so, Sex in Suburbia. Highly recommended, wouldn't you say? Yeah. If you can find it on Lifetime again, just, just tune in. Don't yeah, ask I, questions. I'm going to go out on a limb and say I think I enjoyed it more than The Pregnancy Pact. And that's because <laughs> The Pregnancy Pact was amazing. I didn't get a chance to watch Pregnancy Pact. Oh, honey, Pact. look for it. Look for it. I watched it. Teen Mom, too. That's a lot like The Pregnancy Pact. I imagine it is. It's on all the time. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't like, actively search it out. Sometimes I'll just be home and I'll put on MTV and it'll be on and I'll be like, all right. And I feel Be- like I know way too much about them. What? Yeah, I understand. I was going to say, speaking of, and eventually we'll talk about Glee, we promise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but did you hear about the Buffy, uh, the new story for the season nine comic? No, I stopped reading the comic. Oh, okay. Um, this is a big story for Are Buffy. You, do you still read the comic? No, no, I don't. But the story is really, um, it's, you, it's everywhere. Like, I couldn't not. Oh, I didn't see it. Did you ever read the comic? No, you lent me some. I still oh. have. Oh, is that where they are? Yeah, no, I have. All right, sorry. Cool. That was like three no. years I have them safely. I just haven't read them. I find it, uh, comics are hard for me to read. I'm confused by what I, if, I never, I don't know if I look at the pictures or read the words first and it makes it very confusing for me. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's not your fault. Okay. So Buffy season nine. I have the same nine. problem with books with footnotes. <laughs> um, so Buffy season nine, again, I guess spoiler alert if you're reading the comics and want to be surprised by this, but it's been like out there a lot. It was on like, I mean, I saw a bunch of posts about it on Twitter, and that's how I found it. Entertainment Weekly had, like, a really good interview with Joss Whedon about this. Um, so apparently at the end of season eight, she you found out that Buffy got pregnant uh, from a night of, like, when she blacked out from drinking a lot. Oh. Season nine, she has to contemplate what to do. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And it just reminded me, because Joss Whedon, like, um, I guess, I, I don't, should I spoil what she does? Because it. I don't know. 
I would imagine that Joss Whedon is pro-choice. Right. And that's the thing is, yeah, like, apparently the the way this um, this particular installment is set up is she goes to talk to Principal Wood from season seven mm-hmm. because, you know, he's the only child of a slayer. And she kind of talks to him a lot about it. And then she does make the decision to terminate the pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, obviously it's like, oh, my God, Buffy gets an abortion that's. It's, you know, it's obviously going to be divisive and everything else, but Joss Whedon had a really good interview where, um, with Entertainment Weekly, where he, he brought up Teen Mom because he was saying, like, you know, you have all of these depictions now in the media of kids, you know, of kids having kids and it not ever being an issue. Like, you know, you have, you know, Juno and uh, Teen Mom and all these things where it's, you know, we're, we're not, it, in a way, it's, you know, young people aren't seeing the somebody make the choice uh, that make that choice. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what he want he figured, you know, well, I mean, Buffy would make this choice because, yeah. you know, for a lot of reasons. Um, so that I just thought was really interesting. Um, it's yeah. I mean, go to Entertainment Weekly and look up the interview with Joss Whedon if you're in- interested. Um, but yeah, I'm actually do they ha- are they releasing them like by like by season now because like i hate i hated getting the individual comics that's why i couldn't keep up with it is because it wasn't it wasn't enough in a single serving to keep me interested in the storyline right i mean you know what i'm saying like when they put out um like if they put them out by season like as compendiums or as volumes then i'll definitely read them again right um i'm assuming they right now i know this is like installment six so i'm guessing right now they're still doing it one by one but mm-hmm. I would imagine, like any some point they series, they would do that. And yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know, but I'm just guessing because it makes sense to me. Well, Walking Dead does it. Yeah, yeah. Not that I've read those either, but no, I keep meaning to. They were on my library queue for a while, but then I, <laughs> um, well, I owed fines for a while, and then I finally, <laughs> I finally paid them, and that was all exciting. And then I took out a book, and I couldn't return it because it was really hard to get to the library when they were open. Because uh, the o- library by me is only open till like seven one day a week, so I have to hope that I'm you know in like around that day. Um, and they don't. And I assume they had a Dropbox because they used to. And I walk there one day with my book, and I can't find one. And I'm like literally walking by the wall and like like touching it to try to see if I'm missing something, <laughs> and I'm not. So then on Saturday I stop by, stop in, and there's a kid at the desk. Like a kid, I mean like a ten year old boy working at the desk. And I walk in, and I'm like, oh, he's like, can I help you, ma'am? I'm like, um, yes, child. Uh, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm just returning this book. He's like, oh, okay. Do you need a receipt? I'm like, no, it's okay. I'm like, um, let me ask you, do you still have, uh, you know, the, the bins outside that I could return a book if, you know, if you're not open? And this man emerges from the back of the library who works there. So it, I'm glad to know the kid wasn't like in charge of everything. Although he was very professional. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the man's like, no, man, we got, we got rid of those. I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh man, it's such a pain. Cause that means I have to get here when you're open. He's like, Ma'am, you don't want to know the things I found in there. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. And it just also made me wonder. Yeah, I do wonder because I worked at I worked at Hollywood Video and we had a Dropbox and I never had issue in there. You never had issues. Oh, no. Interesting. I guess the book depositories maybe are a little big. I always thought it was just because people probably put movies in there when you're not supposed to do it with movies. I assume that was why. But I'm more innocent to the ways of the world mm. and don't think about people dropping in poop and like dead dudes. So <laughs> oh that's God. Okay. Um, so on all those notes, are we ready to talk about the episode? Yeah, I feel like we were just chatting on the phone. Yeah, we, we were. <laughs> but this is in honor of um, some of the people, uh, wink, wink, out there, who we know don't actually watch Glee, but might listen. Yeah, exactly. That, that introduction was tailored for you. People like, you know, Mikey and Brian and all those kids out there. That 
that just like us. Yes, because we like you, and that's how we prove it. We talk exactly. about dead babies and library bins. Yep. <laughs> All right, so this episode, written by Anne Brennan, directed by Paris Barkley, Barclay, Barkley, Barclay, I don't know how to say who is uh, responsible for, I think, yours and mine's favorite episode of all time, maybe, Wheels. Yes. Uh, I believe he also directed maybe the finale of season one. He directed a lot of the easily, like, the really strong episodes from season one. I don't know how much he worked on the show last season. He does a lot of directing for Sons of Anarchy. It's funny, because the way you wrote that, I thought, like, I didn't take Wheels as the Glee episode. I took it as another show. I was like, what does this have to do with anything? <laughs> They're still on Wheels. I can see that. Can yeah, see exactly. That's what I thought it was. I was like, oh, he does motorcycle shows. Why is he directing Glee? <laughs> well, it makes sense. Well, he actually does do it. He directs. He directed, yeah. like, every episode of Sons of Anarchy last season. It was uh, a good okay. season, too. It was a good season of Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. The finale, I wasn't sure how I felt about. I don't, at this point, I'm so awful with shows. Like, once I'm removed from them, I have no idea what happened. Well, so, I don't yeah. remember the finale of Sons of Anarchy. Honestly, I don't really remember what happened. But it was a twist, but it was a twist that didn't really make sense, but you went with it. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm, like, I'm sorry. I'm I'm slowly remembering the end of the season. Um, <laughs> like, go ahead. Oh, right, I was like, oh, that happened. Okay. That happened. And then this kind of happened. I guess that happened. Okay. Go ahead, Glee Cap. Glee Cap. We swear we're going to talk about Glee. Here we go. <laughs> Hola, estudiantes. Uh, if you're Will Schuster, allow me to translate. Hello, students. Uh, since apparently teaching Spanish in public school does not actually require you to understand the language, something that gets not everyone's favorite professor in trouble when tenure is on the line. To bulk up his job resume for to bulk up his resume for job security, Will signs up for nighttime Spanish classes with Ricky Martin and assigns Nueva Direcciones the challenge of singing a song in Espanol. Mercedes and Sam, who are ordered by guidance counselor Professor Dollface to not speak to one another for a week, use the assignment to express their continued attraction and fears of being eaten by shame. I think that's what they said. My Spanish isn't that great. Rachel tells Kurt and Mercedes about her <laughs> engagement, prompting Kurt to deliver a reasonable lecture to his stepbrother about how life isn't over and college theater programs need straight guys too. Or he could always sell his sperm to Sue, who's now on a mission to furnish her vagina, yes, she has one, with a baby. Ultimately, Emma's pamphlets saved taints everywhere and brought, bought her tenure. Will transferred to the history department, which he presumably also knows nothing about. Nene talked a lot. Twilight could go to hell and rot. Santana's that's one attitude you've got if you missed it on Glee. Ah, where to begin? I I don't even know. This episode was a mess. I didn't hate it as much as I thought I did when I watched no. it the second time. Um, but I still wasn't like overly enthused on it. I um I uh, I liked it the first time I watched it. I knew it was heavily flawed. But I found myself, like, kind of letting it go and just kind of enjoying a lot of things about it. Second time around, I think it was just, um, well, it wasn't that, like, oh, I hated it the second time around. Because there were still some things I liked a lot the second time around. Um, but what bothered me was, oddly enough, the kind of familiarity of some things. Like, I'll just, this is in my low notes, but I'll just say it right now. The Nene um, conversation with Sue, the second one, where she, where she's just essentially going off on Sue and insulting her. 
it just felt like they could have written that for Santana to do. And it just made me like in this kind of sad realization of how in a rut Glee is creatively <laughs> with not just with like, oh, the music is kind of the same, nothing that new the way they did this. Ah, we've seen that. We've seen the story. But just the actual like we talked two weeks ago about how Glee is really bad at the macro, but good at the micro. Mm-hmm. Like the overall arcs are not good at all. But yet some of the stuff within it's really good. And this week it was weird because for me it was like that, like the conversation with Nene and Sue, that was like, this is the same thing over and over again. And this one, it wasn't even particularly clever, I didn't think. And it's just, they is it like a thing now? They have to have one character have a two-page monologue of insults every other week. And it, it that kind of hurt me and soured me on it a little more than I expected it to be. Well, I think that's just Nene's character. Which is also Santana's character, which has also been Sue's character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. But yeah. they, uh, mm, I don't know. Yeah. That didn't bother me. That was one of the scenes I actually liked because I like that. I don't know. I think it's, I think it's a little weird that because I, I can't tell what they're trying to do with Sue. I don't know if they're trying to soften us to her and make, yeah. and I don't know if they're making Nini like the new opposition. But I like, right. I like Roz Washington better than I like Sue right now. Mm. Like I think she has a point, and I think Becky had a point. Yeah. And like it. I mean- and it Sue wanting to have a child is just like what? Like everyone said, it's like what? You're like you're old at this point. Like go, I don't know, adopt Becky, hang out at a. <laughs> Becky has a mother. I know Erica. Becky has. We a met mother. her and she's very I, nice. I know she's lovely. She wears floral print dresses. Um, but I don't know. Go go volunteer at a hospital again or some. I don't know. Like. I, I don't know Sue. I mean Sue isn't like ninety five. She's probably realistically. Let's say what? Sue is 45. I can't tell people's age. Really? I don't know. Is she older? Probably. I mean, Jane Lynch is older, I think. Yeah. Okay. Jane Lynch is Jane Lynch is probably in her 50s. Yeah. Maybe. Oh, That's God. I was Let me look it up. Because now, now it's going to bother me. Um, <laughs> I was going to look it up, but I, I didn't wear my contacts today, and I took my glasses off because they bother my ears, so I'm, like, blind right now. Okay. I'm uh, right in front of my laptop, but I can't see a thing on it, so. Jane Lynch, born July 14th, 1960. 51, right? 51 mm-hmm. going on 52. Um, which, you know, is it if. Yes, that's too old, probably. I don't want to insult anybody out there who's <laughs> over 50 having a baby with their own body. But I mean, at that point, it's yes, you're putting yourself at a lot of risk to do that. Yeah, However, kind of- I don't think Sue is supposed to be in her 50s. I think Sue is probably, you know, 29. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sure. Uh, no, we, we have no idea how old Sue really is, but I don't, I don't know. The I guess I just didn't think about the age because I think age is so not a factor in Sue's life because who knows how old she is um, as much as just I just thought of it as Sue having a baby, which I'm OK with, weirdly enough. I mean, I don't know. It'd be weird. I think that's a weird storyline to try and pull off. Because it's just it's just weird, like. <laughs> Especially, too, like, I thought about this because just as, um, while I was waiting for you, I started watching The Office from last night. I haven't, I got five minutes into it. But I, oh, I felt- realized that there's, um, on The Office, you know, Dwight recently has had this big revelation that he is a father. Uh, and it's changed his character, where now he's suddenly, like, I'm pro- like, he's nothing, he's not, like, crazy the way he used to be because something else matters. But it's not, like, he just has this sense of peace, I think. 
And I feel like that's almost what they were trying to do with Sue in this episode with her conversation with Becky. I guess. And I don't know if they can make that consistent. It worked with like on, on 30 rock. I think I like uh, 30 rock has been very, you know, erratic lately, but I like the, how, what fatherhood has done to Jack. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, it could work potentially. Did you watch last night's episode? Yes. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's all I could say is it's weird. I'll I'll have to see how it plays out because right now it just is strange. Right, I'd agree with that. That's all I have right now. All right, want to go to Finn and Rachel? We'll we'll I guess save the big story for last. So Finn and Rachel. Finn and Rachel. Um, wasn't much development except that you know she told Kurt and Mercedes who were yep. like, uh, why? Uh, I think what was mostly important about this was the conversation with Finn and Kurt. Yeah. And Kurt's mispronunciation, or no, Finn's mispronunciation of the school Adelphi. What did he say? He's like, he's like, Adelphi? Adelphi. <laughs> and Kurt is like, yeah, they have a football program and a train right that takes you right into the city. <laughs> it's in Long Island, which drives me crazy. I hate when people say that. <laughs> Doesn't that bother you? It's not in Long Island. It's on Long Island. It's a long island. You're on it. You're not in it. That's a good point. You're in a city or a town. What bothered me was when Kurt says that all these theaters have musical theater programs. Um, Fordham actually doesn't. It has a very good drama department, Mm -hmm. but it does not have a musical theater department. Yeah, it doesn't. They they don't really put on musicals. Just, you know, we recommend Fordham totally. I don't know that Adelphi does either. They should have said Hofstra. I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, Hofstra has football and like... It totally has both of those and things. And believe me, I saw a production of Rent there this season. They could use some straight males in their course. <laughs> and that is true. Every college, even hey, even Fordham, which had a <laughs> wonderful theater department, could have used more straight men in their department. So it's actually a very good valid point. Yes. Uh, and I loved that. That was easily my favorite scene of the episode. Oh, and did you notice, um, I'm wondering if they caught some of the, like, well, if, I'm wondering if it was there the whole time, like the whole season, or if I just saw it, but um, or if they just caught backlash from the Finn Army storyline. There was like an Army Navy. Uh, I did. There was like a recruiter. There was yeah. like join oh, our sir. troops. Yes, exactly. I noticed that. I was Although, like, sure. yeah. I on the other hand, is that like supposed to be a negative thing about the army? Like, do you see they're still trying to recruit these kids even after all the awful things they do? I don't know. <laughs> I don't so. I don't know. But yeah, no, I did notice that. I forgot to comment on it. I was like, oh. I hope they did, because they were really rough on the army. They were. Um, so I I really did like this scene, though, just because I liked Kurt coming and being the voice of reason and being like, hey, like, look at yourself. Think of the decision you're about to make. Think about why you're making it. And the thing, like, what I kind of said about it last week that I like about this story is that I like that, essentially, Finn and Rachel have made this crazy decision and, like, they both already kind of know it was the wrong decision to make. Mm-hmm. But now they're kind of in an awkward place of, oh, well, if I change my mind, it's going to, like, hurt him. And it's going to prove everyone right. And it's going to prove I don't know what I'm doing. And I I don't know. Maybe I really do want this. And I thought, even though I had some issues, like, with the line, and I know I wrote this one down, um, the proof's in the pudding. <laughs> and my pudding pretty much sucks. I don't know what that means. Um, but anyway, uh, I thought... Uh, Finn and Corey Monteith played it well when he's kind of like, you know, yeah, no, I'm not doing it for that reason. I don't think I am. Like, it was it was honest, and I kind of like that. Yeah, it was a good scene. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
like, and then, like I said, I think, again, it's the micro versus the macro. I think there were a lot of good scenes in the episode. Okay. I think that the overarching stories are a little ridiculous. Yeah. And they're still, they are. They are still a mess. Uh, bringing us to Sam Sadie's. Oh, God. Which had, like, the tiniest moment ever. It had, like, uh, two scenes dedicated to it. And now, two the songs. thing I will say is I like that they did have... They explained to Emma, who got to be a guidance counselor again, they explained to her why this is an issue, which is Mercedes saying, I really like Shane. He's a really nice guy. He's my boyfriend. Like, I'm not dating him. You know, I'm dating him because I really like him and I know he cares about me and I don't want to hurt him. And I like that they gave her that, like, it's not just that, you know, he might kill her, but that it's because she really likes him and he's nice. Yeah. Um, There's nothing wrong with him. Except, except <laughs> let's face it, when, how did you, both times I watch this now, when, you know, Mercedes and Sam are walking to each other in slow motion in the hallway, and it's supposed to be their moment to speak to each other, which I'll get to in a minute, after a week of not speaking, and then, um, who shows up, Shane just pops in and be like, hey baby, wanna go eat? <laughs> I exploded, that, like, every time, both time I watched it, because it was like, couldn't he have been like, hey, baby, want to go sit by a tree or something? <laughs> he had to be like, hey, baby, want to go get red lobster? <laughs> Lunch off yeah. campus. Or get coffee. Or, or... go to the all-you-can-eat Chinese buffet. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to a movie now, right? <laughs> want to go to the movie theater that has unlimited popcorn? <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, thank God I was a fat kid growing <laughs> up, because I would have been the worst bully of fat kids if I wasn't. Because <laughs> apparently I really like making fat jokes. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> it happens. <sighs> apparently. Um, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Essentially so, nothing changed. Nothing changed. Emma tells them... Oh, oh, the, you're too, you're in too much communication, which kind of calls back to sexting in suburbia. Um. <laughs> but the problem with that, which is another low note, but I'll just say it now. Have we ever seen Sam and Mercedes text each other or Facebook each other or like, you know, they tweeted each other. Like, no, in that scene, they tweeted each other. Yeah. Has this ever been a problem beforehand? Has it ever been a problem? Yeah. The way Emma's talking about it, it's like. Oh, you know, the reason you don't know it's what how you feel is because you tweet too much. Wait, what did you do? No, I don't think she was saying that. I think she was saying you're just, you're in constant, I mean, and we are, where I'm never without my cell phone. We're all in such constant communication with each other and it's all in our hands at all times that sometimes you communicate too much and you don't know what you actually feel because you're just okay. so inundated with so many things. You know, like, I'm sure there are, flirting constantly via text message and it's like well i i enjoy flirting with him but you're not actually hanging out with him and speaking to him so you don't really know how you feel about him okay that's you fair. don't have that time away from the internet to be like oh this is like to think about it and be like oh this is how i feel fair enough um if emma had made that into a witty caption on a pamphlet totally would have gotten it <laughs> if only um i did love sam's uh reply though when mercedes was like he just tweeted me and he was like i won't stop until it's trending (laughs) oh so timely yes um so yeah so they don't speak for a week and then then they sing to each other which i think kind of counts as speaking but we'll let that go um and then they get interrupted by shane again so that was that again yeah but anyway 
I, I'm like, okay, next week is the Valentine's Day episode, which I'm actually looking forward to. Uh, I, so that's got to get resolved, right? Yeah. Just resolve that fucking plot thread already. Please, please. Based on the song titles, which I have a bad habit of reading in advance now, I think it will. Okay. Um, so now should we get on to the, you know, titular portion of the episode? Sure. All right. So now, you know, Will was introduced to us three years ago as a Spanish teacher. Over the years, people have kind of forgotten that he's a Spanish teacher, and including, I think, Will Schuster. Uh and, you know, his skills are kind of called into question. Um, and now there's an opening for tenure. Um, and so he's going to make this big gesture to learn Spanish. Which is, it. yeah. Okay. It's so much. I mean, I'm not a teacher. I don't know anything about really about the school system. But and I, I get that they were kind of that was kind of the point that they were making. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But are there really public schools out there that are like, you don't have like you don't have a bachelor's in history or Spanish, but yeah, you could teach this. Like, don't you have to go for a, a bachelor's a, I, or a master's in a certain subject in order to be able to teach it? Unless you're like an elementary school teacher, where in which case you you you're doing major educa- elementary in education. elementary education. Yeah. Um, I mean, it depends by state for one thing. Okay. Teaching, public teaching is very dependent on state law. Like in New York, you have to have a master's to be a teacher. In a lot of other states, you don't. Um, I honestly don't know. I don't know. And maybe if any of our listeners are teachers, they may know better than we do. Because um, I, I don't know. There is a chance that, you know, you could have, you know, your bachelor's degree is in Spanish. Or, or let's say your bachelor's degree is in, like, English lit. And then you get your master's just in education, but you're fluent in Spanish, so maybe you can teach Spanish. I don't know. I'm not quite sure how it works. I'm trying to think, like, of teachers I had, if any of them ever, like, switched between departments, and I no. don't remember that they did. But It never, it never yeah. happened. Like, that, you don't just, you don't go from teaching Spanish to teaching history because there's an opening in the department. Like, that, that <laughs> doesn't happen. Um, I <laughs> And I think I, that was such a huge issue with I couldn't get past that. How do you get past that? You're a Spanish teacher and you can't really speak Spanish. But you can just kind of hand your job over to the guy who teaches it at night school. Yeah. Uh, And what happened? Was the rumor we heard just wrong, I guess? Oh, yes. There was the rumor that Ricky Martin and Gloria Estefan were going to be Santana's parents. But I guess what they meant by parents was another Spanish teacher and a song they're going to do by her. Maybe it meant whoever um, wrote that rumor just thinks all Spanish people are related. Perhaps. Um, no, I think because I know I'm pretty sure Gloria Stefan is still coming on the show. OK, um, so maybe they, it was you know probably just miscommunicated, miscommunicated rumor, which I know because it was really uncomfortable because I'm like, wait, that wow. No. So he's totally not her dad. Yeah. They're <laughs> dancing really sexy together. <laughs> well, he was like in the same room as her. And I was like, oh, oh. No, I don't think he's her dad. Yeah. Because the whole thing was pissing me off. I'm like, wait, no, Santana's dad is a doctor. She said that very distinctly <laughs> in season two. So that, this can't be happening. But yeah, so I guess that was just wrong. But um, now, so yeah, okay. So the tenure, now the tenure story kind of, I I like that they gave Will something to do. Um, I like that they made him very imperfect in this episode. They made him make so many mistakes, both as a teacher and as a fiance. So many mistakes. 
But I kind of like that just because it's, you know, it, it's interesting. But they really kind of just made him into a douchebag. Yeah. I don't use that word often, but he really was a douchebag in this episode. Just was. Yeah. Um, the way, you know, his conversation with Emma. And I understand, like, when you're really focused on something and somebody's trying to joke with you and you're just not hearing it, especially if they're your partner. Like, you know, you, I don't know but if, if you are, I know that I can be really snappy with, you know, with my boyfriend because that's, the you know, the the person you feel comfortable doing that with. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that scene, like, I, I believe that scene. I didn't, uh, <laughs> you, you mean like last night when we were shopping at target and he didn't stay where he said he was going to be. And I had to walk around for 25 minutes <laughs> calling his cell phone that he couldn't hear because it was on vibrate in his pocket and I couldn't find him. I hope you went all Fred Savage on <laughs> Candace Cameron ass bitch. <laughs> no, I was like, you, you suck. You were a shitty shopping partner. <laughs> then I, got over it and we had food and we were fine but yeah i was like what the hell can't you leave you anywhere god but the so i like i kind of believe that little art like that little fight they had mm-hmm. um so i kind of oddly enough i think i like the will emma stuff in this episode yeah that that stuff wasn't wasn't bad yeah and i believe like i like that emma got tenure because you know emma she actually cares it. about her yeah. job and knows how to do her job and you know is like you know kind of creative about how to do her job um and that and i really like the you know just the little line of dialogue where you know will's like i i, I have to take care of you and she's like i can I take, take care, care of myself, myself. I've like i've done it for this for long like 30 years i'm a, i'm a guy i have you know i probably make more money than you do like you know so I actually really liked that scene just because it was a good, like, kind of fuck you to Will. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of, to me, like, it showed Will at a really an ugly place because it made him very, and I understand as a man, like, you know, you probably do want to be able to provide for your family. But, hey, you're, like, you're both working. She's providing, too. But anyway. Yep. Um, but so the, I guess there's kind of two threads, Should we, which, do you want to talk about the Emma thing? Or do do we want to finish up with Will in Spanish? Um, I I feel like both are quick. It doesn't okay. make sense. Um, so the all right. So Ricky Martin Will thinks he's gonna impress people by Spanish. Blah 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 blah. Finds out at the end Santana is the one that ratted him out as being a bad teacher. Right, but just a bad Spanish teacher. He's a great Glee teacher. Now, when you were like seventeen and in high school and had a teacher that. Like, you really, you like this teacher. This teacher was there for you. Um, but, you know, the teacher wasn't perfect. How did you approach it? Did you report him to the principal and then make him embarrass himself in front of your peers and then have a, like, um, psychology session with him on a stage? <laughs> in front of everybody. <laughs> in front of everyone for for that, for him to confess that he doesn't really care about the job he has and... For you, like, I, this was just weird. It was just a stretch because yeah. no student, it, and it's all, it's only Santana this episode. And it, like, I know she's supposed to be like, I don't know, quick witted and, and snarky mm-hmm. and insult, like, insults people a lot, but no student is going to talk to any teacher the way she talked to both Will and Sue in this episode. Yeah. Like we've seen her with Sue in the past and she basically sits there and listens to her. She doesn't, she doesn't talk back to Sue and she talked back to Sue this episode. And I was kind of like, and she did it to Will too. And no one's going to do that. And it was just, yeah, it's not just that she talked back to Will. It's that she talked 
back to him and down to him. And well, she she talked down to him in a way of like, and I can I can understand what they were trying to do as far as her being like, hey, look, I am Latina, and you're offending me. I can I can buy that. I think that's fine. But the way it's like, I'm offended because you don't believe in what you're doing. It was such a weird, like her wanting him to learn this lesson and doing it in a really elaborate way. And I, I, I just can't believe this of anybody. Yeah. <laughs> Much less a 18-year-old high school senior who really has better things to think about. It was just sloppy everywhere. It was weird. Um, it was weird. Very weird. You know what was weirder, though? That Ricky Martin's now a teacher at McKinley and we'll never see him again. Oh, yeah. Um, am I, did, is it just me or did he get hot? Like, I never thought he was hot. Oh, I thought no. he was really hot this episode. He was. He was very okay. sexy. He Let's aged very, very well. He's got the Stamos thing in terms of aging. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. he's like just getting getting better every day. Anyway, um, but no, I was going to say it was weirder. Was the whole Emma and the taint thing? <laughs> that was great, though. Okay, I have the weirdest <laughs> confession to make. I, okay, I, um, I recently was sent a screener for the mo- a movie called The Taint. And the movie, it's a really gross movie. It's actually, it's, it's very good if you like really, really gross um, kind of like horror comedies. But it's really, really gross. And, um, but the whole plot of the movie is that there's like the water has been tainted. And, um, you know, it turns people into, and turns men into like angry misogynists who go kill women. And... I assume, you know, the taint refers to the water spy and everything. <laughs> and I'm telling my boyfriend about this movie. And he's like, wait, wait, what's it called? I'm like, it's called The Taint. And he's like, oh, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, no, the movie is really gross. He's like, well, of course it is if it's called The Taint. I'm like, well, no, the taint, it's about the, you know, the water supply is tainted. I'm like, well, yeah. I'm like, what, what, why? He's like, well, do, he's like, do you, don't you know what it, what the word taint means? <laughs> I'm like, well, yeah, like contaminated. <laughs> I I'd never heard the term for no. that area of the region. No, 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 I didn't know that. So that was the discovery. Well, I'm really glad I learned that before yeah. watching the episode. I know. I was going to say. so confused. Thank God we learned that. So, you know, recently. Like it would have been a little more embarrassing if you had to explain to me on air what taint <laughs> meant. Cause I, I was, was I was really hoping that's where it was going. I was hoping that was going to be your confession, that you didn't know what it was. <laughs> no. I, I didn't until a week ago. All right. It's a, uh, it's a close second, but not quite as great as it could have been. Well, yes. Yeah, so if you had explained it to me, it, it should <laughs> Um. Yeah. So, the, for, j- j- wait, what if her listeners don't know? You You have the newfound knowledge. You can explain it now. I'm pretty sure most people know what that is, though. Well, apparently they do. I guess, don't I Google guess. it. It'll be dangerous. True. Don't Google image it, whatever you do. <laughs> Just don't. Trust me on that. Um, but yes, Emma's pamphlet saved taints everywhere. And no, um, but <laughs> she has tenure. Oh, now I'm curious as to whether or not Helene's, Helene's had to explain it to her son. That she <gasps> oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Please what do you think about that? Helene. Helene, we're calling out to you. I know this is a very personal matter, but if my boyfriend had to explain it to me and I'm 30, I imagine you had to explain it to your son. Or maybe you didn't. Oh, God, did he have to explain it to her? I don't know. Oh, geez, this is getting so wrong. I don't know. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Uh, So anyway, uh, Emma saves 
men's hygiene and all is right in the world. Uh-huh. Uh-huh, it is. It totally is. Is that it? I think so. I guess let's go into the songs. Okay. Um, um, so first song of the episode. <laughs> La Cucaracha? Yeah. They sang it, didn't they? They did. They did. Um, I really liked Puck's enthusiasm. He was really excited about it. Him and the, in general, this episode, I wonder if like, like him and like the director just have like a good relationship because in almost any number or just any kind of scene, he was always in the background doing something amusing. Yeah, he was just really happy this whole yeah, episode. Yeah, I think like he had a really good episode, even though he had like three lines. Yep. Okay, so now the first real song was uh, "Sexy and I Know It" by LMFAO. Okay. Sure. <laughs> You've never heard this. I didn't know. Well, I think I had. <laughs> Please do yourself a favor and Google the actual music video for this. Okay. Personally, I okay, I <laughs> ready. Here's an admission. I love LMFAO. What does it stand for? LMF. Left my fucking ass off. Ah, okay. But but their name is LMFAO. It's not used as the acronym. Okay. Like it, it on the CDs and stuff. It's just LMFAO. It's not L dot M dot. It's you know what I mean. Okay. Um, but they're they're first of all they're really funny looking. Second of <laughs> all, I found out recently that they're actually it's two guys. Um, and I found out recently that they're actually nephew and uncle. Which okay, is hilarious. That's no, think about the song they, that you just sang. They sing like all. Oh, they say you know the shot song. Shot, 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 shots. No. Everybody, you know? Do you? Uh-oh. Oh, I go to bat mitzvahs. I forgot. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, I, I have very few chances to listen to modern music. You know, party rock anthem. Party rock is in the house tonight. <laughs> My beautiful singing. No, but that was very good. Thank you. Um, all right. Well, these are all songs by them. Have Have you heard the Jersey Shore theme song? Amazingly enough, no. Okay. Well, let's do that too. Um, but it's just like really silly dance club music. Okay. But, um, what makes it for me is their music videos. Because like I said, they're really funny looking. The, the uncle's really tall and skinny and has like a big afro. And the nephew's a little bit shorter and has like long hair. And they're always in like leopard pants and like bright neon colors. And okay. they're just they're just silly looking. And there's always, you know how they put the, um they drew the robot on the box and put it on whoever. Yes. I knew that must have meant something. Yeah. there There's a guy, there's a robot in all their videos, but it, it is a guy with a cardboard box on his head. Okay. Um, but their music videos are so much fun. Like I spent one day just YouTubing all their music videos. There's probably like eight of them and they're all just really funny and they make me laugh. And please, please watch the, the sexy and I know video because they do the entire video basically in speedos. And it's hilarious because you could imagine what happens during the wiggle, 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 wiggle. <laughs> it's so funny. Maybe I will look into it. It's a lot of penis, but it made me laugh. <laughs> um, a lot of hate. <laughs> Um, and the, yeah, they have a lot of really fun music videos. So I, I actually really like them. And I was excited for them to do the song. And then I couldn't sing along because half of it was in Spanish and it made me. <laughs> you could have sang along in English to the Spanish. I don't know the words that well. I well, kind of need, them, need them there. Either know Spanish or know the words. Okay. All right. Fine. Um, I thought this was fun. Yeah. It was, it was just fun. It was cute. Um, it continues the tradition of when, when substitute. Or, you know, yeah, we know when when other teachers come into the Glee chorus room, they have to sing really inappropriately sexy songs. Yep. Um, 
I don't want Finn to do the thing, though, that he did with his torso. It was weird, and I didn't like it. <laughs> he did this, like, weird wiggle thing. I was not feeling it. I just, I'd much rather just watch Ricky Martin move. Um, and I really, really loved Sugar Mata during this song. Yeah, she was, like, she was really enjoying it. She was just having a lot of fun. Yeah, and that's the thing, like, what I loved, too, about it was that, like, Ricky Martin was having a blast. Yeah. Like, he just, and I think this whole episode, like, he was just so cute, and just with, he just had this, like, enthusiasm in all of his scenes that I really appreciated. Yep. Um, the next song. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what was next. Uh, it was Mercedes. I don't know what she's saying. Oh, here, okay. wait, let me look it up. I have it here. I just can't see. I have to get really close to my computer. Okay. Um, she's saying, don't want to lose you by Gloria Estefan. Ah, uh, look at my notes about it. Okay, hang on. <laughs> I have to stay close to the computer. I should probably just put my glasses back on, but... Well, uh, scrolling. Songs. The Ricky Martin one. Uh, Mercedes song. Oh, you have no notes. <laughs> I have no notes. My. Do you want to know my notes? Yes, I do. Meh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's all I got. Yeah, meh, meh. I don't know. I nothing. I got nothing. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. Um, my next, the next song. It's a mashup, on, right? Oh, it I, is. I didn't know what this was. You did. It's a mashup. Oh no, I knew the songs. I kind, I think they were familiar, but I don't know what they were a mashup of. Um, it's Bombaleo by okay. the Gypsy Kings and Hero by Enrique Iglesias. Oh, right, 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 right. Because yes, I was alive in the early 2000s, and I do remember that one. It's it's a Spanish episode. How can we not have Enrique Iglesias? <laughs> uh, was that like him and Ricky Martin? Weren't they, like, not enemies, but weren't they rivals or no? Did I make that up in my head? I think you Does that make you racist? Maybe. Damn it. Enrique dated Anna Kornikova. Who was the one that sang Bailamos? Bailamos. I don't know. I'll take you over. Um, I should karaoke it, might have been, it. It was either him or like Mark Anthony. What did Mark oh, Anthony Oh, Mark do? Anthony was the other one. I'm like, no, I know there was three of them. <laughs> <laughs> there were, no, there were three like heartthrob Latino singers who would sing yeah. in English and Spanish. And yes. Well, Mark Anthony was with, with J-Lo, right? He's, he's her baby daddy? He's, no, he was her ex, he's her ex-husband now. Yeah, but is he, he's the father of her babies, right? Yes, he is. Yeah. He is forever linked and will ever hopefully get a lot of cash from her. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do we think of this song? Um, I hate those stupid Mexican hipster boots. I hate that they had to be acknowledged. And I know Wayne talks about this in, in his email. But they were like, if they were there, it would have been fine. But they do make a big deal about them. And it's annoying because I hate those stupid boots. They're pretty stupid. Ugh, and no one can dance in them. And those who can't dance, it just makes them dance worse. Like <laughs> we're Damien and Kurt in the back. Oh. Oh, God, those outfits. I never want to see those outfits again. Yeah, I thought there was an odd use of the slow motion. I think it was, I don't remember what that note was in reference to, but I'm guessing it was like these like like shots of their feet moving. Oh, you know what? There was a weird slow motion movement where it was like, it was the back of Sam singing to Mercedes, but Quinn was in the shot and Quinn was so clearly singing along to Bambaleo. Like, you could see her mouth say that word. Okay. And Weird. it was during the hero portion of the song. Okay. Weird. It really bothered me. Um, Puck, what, what what did my note about Puck's move mean? I don't know. I don't know. He was just happy. He was happy. Puck was adorable in this song again. Uh, but I, my note is that that is some white boy Spanish. It is. That was very white. He was very white indeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wasn't blown away by any of this music. Yeah, uh, this was a, um, musically. I think this was a really meh episode. This the Spanish lullaby. That's what you called this song. 
That's what they sing them. I told you my way of identifying songs. Okay. Whatever lines they sing the most, I assume is the song title. But you don't know La Isla Bonita? It's Madonna. I, it's like I've classic cried. Madonna. Okay. I have heard the song before, but I did not know the title. Okay, but you don't know it's Madonna? I didn't realize it was Madonna. It's so. like classic like 80s Madonna. Like good Madonna. I have filled my head okay, with all so right. many movies about I shouldn't be surprised. Children. I take it back. I'm not surprised. Exactly. Things seep out is what it comes down to. I watched oh. a movie last night where Ricky Mickey Rooney um, taught these three children, including one Cambodian refugee who was in love with his mother, uh, how to drive a train and then urge them to drive the train and run away. And that's how the movie ended. I, I remember everything about this movie last night. I cannot remember the Madonna catalog because I replaced it with the Mickey Rooney movie. Okay. okay. Um, this, this was a fun number. I, I don't mind their, I like their voices together. I just thought it was really inappropriate for this 40 something year old guy to be doing this song with this yeah. Latina high school girl. He just met what saved it for me was knowing that Ricky Martin is gay. I guess. But and be like, oh, that. no, okay, it doesn't matter. We don't know that David Ramirez is gay. I know. That was his name, right? Uh, Martinez, I think. Mar- oh, Martinez. Oh, God, I- that makes you sound oh, racist. <laughs> I'm so racist. Yeah, no, I thought the same thing. Because, you know, San- I mean, Santana looked great, but she didn't look like, you know, a, a high school kid. No, not at all. Uh, dancing with, you know. I mean, granted, Ricky Martin looks amazing for his age. But, yep. yeah, no, I thought the same thing. I'm like, this is, yeah, I need to think about it. Especially, like. Who is this man to these students? He right. is Will Schuster's Latino friend um, <laughs> who teaches night classes. Like, yeah, he's which not is even like a creepy. teacher, a substitute teacher. He's he's just a guy that they met like, but then clearly he's been hanging out with them because he told them about the hipster boots. So I don't know. But yeah, a little weird. Good use of lasers. And again, Puck during the song, they kept like cutting to him being really mesmerized by the laser. <laughs> Puck, Puck is the MVP of this episode. He is. I can agree with that. Yeah. Um, okay, and then <laughs> the last song. Uh, Will's Thing, as you so aptly. Little, I know this one, though, because it's Elvis. A little less conversation. Thank you. Uh-huh. Um, when we went to Las Vegas a couple years ago, me and our friend Betsy, um, there's a, a casino in Vegas called the Imperial Palace where they have a thing called Deal Retainers, which is the blackjack dealers are also impersonators, and it's amazing. And the Elvis, uh, he sings A Little Less Conversation. So I've always, I've, this song is very dear to my heart. Okay. I think I only know it because of Ocean's 11 or 12. Ah, gotcha. Um, but I didn't grow up in like an Elvis household. Uh, the bulls were cute. <laughs> the bulls were really cute. <laughs> I thought the students' reactions were done really well. Um, like even like Ra- like the look on Rachel's face, which was like, I'm smiling, I'm smiling. Oh my God, what's happening? <laughs> um, and Finn just enjoying it. <laughs> been enjoying it even puck being like yeah, no no nah. um because it was just i like that they just went for it i this to me did feel very like ian brennan because it's so goofy and it's it, it takes itself seriously even though everybody else knows it shouldn't mm-hmm. um so i i actually really like not to say i like the song because obviously it was supposed to be dumb yeah but i just i really appreciated this scene because it was funny to me um I could see why Will would have thought it was working, but I think it was, it ended up being just a really funny scene. Yeah. He just looks silly. Yeah, exactly. He's got the three amigos gear on. 
He is a Spanish matador. <laughs> Ole. Yeah, I did feel bad because, as I as I said, like Matthew Morrison hasn't had a song in since I can't even remember. Um, this season, when did he like have a song? I don't know. You vamp. I'll look. I think maybe he had one of those like ending songs of an episode, but it just felt like so like, wow, Matthew Morrison, like every week he gets his Glee script and every week he's like, do I, what do I get to sing? Wow. There's this huge number where I propose to Emma. Oh, I don't sing. Okay. Um, okay, Okay. Fine. Oh, great. This is my number. A little conversation. I know this. Oh, we're doing it. Well, he did. Um, he did moves like Jagger with the, with the kids. No, he danced to moves like Jagger. He didn't sing. I guess. He didn't sing. Um, Remember? He just, it was him and dancing with Mike and Artie. Okay, I'm still scrolling. Yeah, you scroll. <laughs> but, but like, you know, just imagine, like, this is what he gets after. He did You and I, You and I with uh, Shelby in Mash Off. Okay, which was five episodes ago? Six. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but hey, I, good for him for going for it. And he did Fix You, which was episode... So, 3, 6, and 12, he had songs. So, it's divisible by 3. It is. Every... Oh, no! Next... You know... No, there's another... Better pattern. Um, um, 3, 6, 3 times 2 is 6, 6 times 2 is 12. So, episode 24, season finale of this season is going to be his big number. That'll be his next song. We're not going to hear Matthew Morrison sing until (laughs) the finale. I'm calling it right now. You know know who's going to sing next week? Mike Chang? No. Um, <gasps> Josh, Jeff, uh, uh, Jeff Goldblum and Brian Stokes Mitchell? Yeah. Ah! Twice. Ah! I'm nervous, though, by the based on the songs it is. I think they're actually happy for Rachel. That's what it looked like in the preview. Yeah. And I'm not... I understand, like, every dad... not Well, not really. Like, dads don't really want their daughters getting married. Yeah, I understand parents get excited by weddings. Like, oh my god, I get to plan my kid's wedding. It's gonna be fun. But not when they're... 18. No. Yeah, yeah I'm nervous. Unless for you're Bella Swan's dad. But hey. uh, no, he didn't want her to get married. I don't know. I didn't see it. <laughs> he, he did not. He does not like Edward. He doesn't okay. want to get married. I think Charlie's hotter than Edward, though. So. Oh, God, I do, too. He's the bad guy. in. Um, he was in like a lot of movies last year. He was in. Uh, oh, oh, oh. Drive Angry. He's the bad guy. Oh, now I want to see that even more. Oh, you should totally see Drive Angry. It's fun. I th- I, maybe I'll go red to the red box when we're done. He was also in Red Riding Hood where he plays the dad. But he's you know, oh. a sexy dad in that movie. Well, he's a sexy dad in Twilight. That's true. Yeah. That comes out tonight at midnight. Are you waiting out for your copy? No. Okay. No, I am not. <laughs> moving moving right along. Move I, along. I need you to watch that, though. I, think I, I do. No. no. I, I, here's I, the question. Do I need to see the... See, I, at first I wanted to see the third one because it was directed by the guy that did 30 Days a Night and Hard Candy, and I like him. Fucking nothing happens in the third but one. That's what so. I, yeah. All right. Um, okay, we can have a, a Breaking Dawn party. I'll watch it because I need to see the You have to see it. It is okay. so bad. So okay. bad. All I right. can't contain myself with how bad it is. We should do a commentary track. They should have cast her as Gollum. That's how bad it is. <laughs> oh, God. I'm picture. I'm there. Let's it's, do it. Let's oh, do it. It's bad. We're going to do it. Okay. Um, high notes. High notes. Uh, I think I like, uh, yeah, I, the, just the little conversations I liked. Um, I like Rose Washington. I like when she's there. I think, I think it's good that there's someone to 
actually stand up to Sue and not have her like because she kind of doesn't insult her back, which I find interesting. Yeah. So like Sue doesn't really insult her. Right. Because Sue, I mean, Sue gets put in her place kind of by her. Yeah. And I like that. And uh, the Kurt and and Finn scene was. Yep, me too. That was one of mine. And Emma's storyline. Just her, you know, getting her tenure. Yeah. And like them treating her like an adult. Because sometimes yeah. they don't. And I like that. Um, I like, you know, I, I like the idea behind Will's story. I like that they wanted to address the fact that he's the teacher. Um, I think it was executed in a very silly way, but I, I appreciate the effort, I guess. Um, the line when Will asked, you know, where are you going to be in 2030? And Broadway, 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 Um, (laughs) but I like not that Puck's line is, you know, jail or dead or both, but the look on Rachel's face when he says that, (laughs) Because he's like, you know, Puck says this line, and Rachel's like smiles, then has this really like sad look on her face that I thought was wonderful. Um, Ricky Martin getting really hot was another mm-hmm. high, high note. And um, two more things. Uh, they did. They were kind of cute with translating Will Spanish and showing how it wasn't <laughs> that good. And I like when, when they have, you know, Kianes mas macho de Will Schuster, which they translated as who is more macho of slash from Will Schuster. <laughs> Uh, and then lastly that, you know, every once in a while, it's nice to remember that these kids are high school students and they have friends and they get together and they do things friends do. Um, like watch Twilight, like watch Twilight. (laughs) So I thought the, the Rachel Mercedes and Kurt scene was cute, which are oddly enough for things that you and I do at 30 and and right. But we do them ironically, Erica. (laughs) Does that make us beer when we do it? We do have beer when we do. Yes. Um, uh, only if we're wearing those shoes. <laughs> we're going to get Mexican hipster boots Mexican and watch Breaking Dawn. Just so that it can justify me watching Breaking Dawn. Um, yeah. Low notes. Ugh, just the whole Will teaching Spanish thing. <laughs> Not being able to speak Spanish. <laughs> but teaching Spanish. That's ridiculous. That Yeah, that bothered me. And the Adelphi thing, if you're going to, because it's not a joke that people from other states would understand if it was just Finn pronouncing it wrong. So I think they just didn't look into how to pronounce it. They just looked for a school on Long Island that was a train ride away from the city, Mm -hmm. of which there are 92 others they could have picked and, you know, had an easier name like St. Joe's or Hofstra. Hofstra, yeah. And Hofstra really is closer than Adelphi anyway. Hofstra makes much more sense for Finn to go to. Yes. It's his kind of school, yeah. Um, those, uh, those boots, not even Mike Chang made those boots look good. <laughs> um, oh, and I was, I was very disappointed in the way they wiggled during I'm Sexy and I Know It. Okay. Cause how you, would you have had them wiggle? The way they do in the music video, which you're, you're going to Google I'm gonna watch. when we're done. I'm going to watch when we're done. I promise. Um, I guess my low notes, um. That was the quickest semester of nighttime Spanish class I've ever seen. It was. Maybe it was like a three-week course. (laughs) But usually the episodes span a week. Okay, so maybe it was a week refresher course. This particularly did, because remember Finn says at the beginning of the episode, by Friday I have to pick who gets tenure. Um, So it was totally a week episode, and the episode began. And we can't just say, oh, Will came into the class halfway through the the semester. Because, no, the teacher is introducing himself as, you know... Welcome to Spanish class. So, yeah, yeah just a little silly. Uh, the, just the whole, mecha- I mean, we talked about it, just the mechanics of um, getting hired to be a teacher. 
It was the only spot open. Right. And, and you can have my job teaching Spanish. <laughs> Here. Uh, and, la- well, and I already said this, but let me just say it again. The proof's in the pudding. <laughs> and my pudding pretty much sucks. <laughs> I just, I don't understand what that line meant the way he said it or anything. But, okay. Um, I had a few stray observations. Okay. Um, this, this goes out to Kelly from Night Living Podcast, which, uh, now Glee is set in Ohio, as is Night Living Podcast. And Sue mentions that she had her eggs frozen in the 70s, to which, you know, and the way she did it was she had them frozen at a Kroger. Mm -hmm. Uh, now Kroger is a supermarket chain in the Midwest and in other places too, but you don't find them out here in New York. And, um, I know Night Living Podcast is always talking about Kroger and Kelly has a very complicated relationship with it. Mm -hmm. So I just felt like I had to, you know, say, Hey, Kelly Kroger, we're thinking about you. Yes. Yeah. Uh, there was a commercial in this episode for Avita for the Broadway revival, Broadway revival starring Ricky Martin. Ricky Martin. I missed it. Okay. It was very quick. And because they didn't show anything, they just literally showed the poster for Evita, said the names, you know, Ricky Martin, whatever the woman's name is, and Michael Cervasis in Evita. And that was it. Uh, but they did show a commercial for it, which I'm really curious how that will be. Now I really want to watch Evita. I, I had that urge a couple of months ago. I can't remember what I did. Like, I'd watched another musical and I came home. I'm like, fuck it, man. I want to watch Evita. I love Evita. It's I, I don't like Madonna in it. <laughs> I, I don't think she... I said this in a movie matchup last week. I don't think she, she pushes hard enough as an actress. Um, but I think everything else around her is either so gorgeous or just so good. Like Antonio Banderas. Oh my god, Antonio Banderas <laughs> is sexy in that. Oh, he is so sexy in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and my last stray observation question. Are Emma and Will having sex? I don't know. They never address that, I guess. I just wanted to put that out there because I'm curious. They're much more affectionate with each other. They're very, you know, comfortable and such. So I was just curious. Maybe they're just... Well, hmm. because we had the Fix You episode, he's, she's taking her meds, she's progressing. So maybe we're pro- they're, she's getting better and we're progressing towards that. That's maybe. possible. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Well, that's that episode. <laughs> That is that episode. <laughs> okay, we're going to move on to feedback, I hope. Yeah. Do, okay. do you want to read that one we just got? <laughs> okay. Yes, I do. Um, I don't preface this. I don't know how, but we get like the most bizarre spam ever. Yeah. So, by the way, if you've ever sent an email to us and we haven't read it, um, I guess try to tweet us. Um, or maybe Facebook us if you're our friends on Facebook, just because like, like Eric was saying, we get so much spam that we don't really look at the spam the way I would like, uh, you know, on my personal email, which is weird on my Gmail, I get very little spam and I have yeah, a lot, me too. like I should be getting a lot of spam, but on Gleecast for like, maybe just the automatic thing. I don't know. We get like right now, how much spam do we have in there? Um, oh, I don't know. 141 spam messages right now. Like we just get so much. And um, so therefore, if you've ever like lost, if, if we, you ever think that we didn't read your email, it's not because we don't love you. It's because it probably went into our spam folder. So just always try to give us a heads up one way or another about that if that happens. Um, but every once in a while, typically it's, you know, the old, I am a prince and I want to marry you or I would like to leave you a lot of money. This is a beauty. 
It is. It's a good one. I like. I saw it and I started to read it like before opening it, and I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> okay. The um, subject line is breakup. The email is from Ramiz Dermic. Ramiz writes, yeah. or Ram, as I like to call him. Uh, <laughs> you really got the guts to break up with me over email, bitch? You fucking whore? Question mark. Uh, exclamation point. <laughs> Before the next word, exclamation point. Tell you what, I just made a nice compilation of your slash our best scenes and put it up for download on. I mean, guys, if you want to go find our best scenes with these, <laughs> go to http colon backslash backslash sharecash.org backslash download dot php question mark file equals two six three four oh one two. And you will find us there. You will Except- find us. Not Along really. with, um, let's see, uh, affiliates905 at gmail.com, A-F-G-A-Z-E-D. We were, like, this message went out to a lot of people. So this, the, Ramiz is getting, Ramiz gets around, and he broke, and he was broken up with by a lot of people out there. Yep. So there's a lot of videos over here. It's pretty crazy. Check it out, I guess, or don't. It might kill your computer. Well, I don't really know, but it was amazing. And now for some real feedback. Indeed. Um, I will read Ashley's. Okay. The title is The PSA for Foreign Language in American Ed, the U.S. for Shame. (laughs) I'm thinking the same thing everyone else is. Who gets away with being a Spanish teacher for years without knowing the language fluently? I'm not even going to entertain the absurdity absurdity of it with writing some long, drawn-out tirade to try and rationalize it. Same with Sue wanting to have a baby with her own vagina. Same with Will's further douchebagginess with Emma mm-hmm. and her odd yet intriguing pamphlets. And I'm sick of her, and I'm even sick of Mercedes not making a damn decision. Mm-hmm. And see, I'm old school. I see Ricky Martin and only remember his character on General Hospital banging Vanessa Marcel's character. I think his name was Miguel or something. Live in La Vida Loco. What? What? That's Miguel. <laughs> the really boring Latino Fabio type from General Hospital in its heyday. No, I will defend Ricky Martin just because I love living La Vida Loca so much. <laughs> and Santana kill- called Will out on his racial, ethnic, cultural insensitivity, right? Why did she not yell at him for knowing Spanish better than the Spanish? Wait, why did she not yell at him? Oh, does that make sense? Why did she not yell at him for knowing Spanish better than the Spanish teacher? And why the hell is someone who speaks Spanish fluently in a high school Spanish class if they're not teaching it? Oh, is she talking about Santana herself? Yeah, I think so. Okay, let me preface it. Let me explain something. I don't know how it worked in your school or in other schools. In my school, um, I learned this the great way. I was taking Spanish in eighth grade. And one day, there was a new student in class. And the teacher said, like, oh, Maria's new. Um, Maria, have a seat. And she happened to sit next to me. And I assumed she was, like, new to the school. I'm like, oh, are you new here? You know, welcome, because I was nice. And she's like, oh, no. She's like, I'm in seventh grade. Uh, but they moved me up because I'm I'm advanced Spanish. I'm like, okay. Smart. How smart was I? I buddy up with the girl because she's, like, fluent in Spanish. And sure enough, like, when we do our first project together and she fluently knows Spanish, I realize, oh, you're in advanced Spanish because your parents speak Spanish and you've grown up speaking Spanish. Now, in truth, it was kind of unfair for her to be in our class. Mm-hmm. For me, it was fine because she was my, like, you know, study buddy and everything else and would help me out a lot. So it was fine. Um, 
But now the on the other side, her, you know, she didn't necessarily know how to write in Spanish. She didn't know um, how to exactly like conjugate verbs and, you know, those kinds of things. So there is something to learning the written language. But I always kind of agreed. I think it's really unfair if you speak a language like at home that you can take it in school. But whatever. Um, Ashley continues. And oh, will Nini turn the Cheerios into some kind of bring it on scenario? That might be frighteningly fun. Wow. That was four ends in a row. I think Lee is officially testing my sanity. (laughs) And as always, you can find Ashley at buriedinabookcrypt.blogspot.com. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Ashley, as always. Thank you. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with Nene. (laughs) Nene. 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 Sounds so much better when you say it, Nene. Okay, well, she doesn't say Nene. She says Nene. Well, I do. Doesn't matter. (laughs) She's not talking right now. We should bitch. (sighs) Thank you, Ashley. Thanks, Ashley. Um, We kind of agreed with most of what you said, obviously. For sure. Um, Okay, and now feedback um, from the one and only Wayne Kotke. Uh, whose heading is R.I.P. Taco Tuesday. You were too pure for this world. <laughs> oh. did, we, did you have Taco Tuesday? No. We had Taco Day. I don't remember if it was Tuesday or not. But I would never get them just because the line for tacos on Taco Day was ridiculous. So I had like social issues, social anxieties, and I didn't like to buy lunch. I never really liked buying lunch. Um, it wasn't I, I for wouldn't. social reasons. I just didn't like I, No, I had serious social anxieties, and I, like, would, didn't want to get on the lunch line until I was, like, much, much older. <laughs> I, I had some serious issues. Go ahead. Oh, no tacos. <laughs> Wayne Kotke writes, Annie Oakley and Calamity Jane. The Spanish teacher was an episode all about education. So what exactly did I learn from it? Well, first and foremost, I learned that you can say spunk and taint in an 8 p.m. primetime network show. <laughs> I had no idea. Well, I mean, Tate just means to, you know, contaminate. contaminate. Secondly, I learned that Glee is, at heart, a simple-ass show. It's never going to dazzle you with complicated plots or blow your mind by skewing a storyline in a way you never expected. It's going to explain the hell out of everything as if you hadn't been paying attention, and it's all going to always be obvious, on the nose, and sometimes painfully earnest. For these reasons, Glee is what I'd call FLS, first-level shit. Most of the shows I watch are NLS, next-level shit. I'll try to explain the difference with examples from this episode. Take a small but insignificant detail, those pointy Mexican shoes. Those were made famous some time ago by a widely circulated viral video, and they're just now getting to glee. A next-level show would have the characters wear those shoes but not comment on them too much or at all, assuming that the audience will get it, and if they don't get it, fuck them. But the glee slash first level shit way is to explain the holy hell out of those shoes and to turn the scene into a little teachable moment for the audience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And think about Ricky Martin's character, the angelic Spanish teacher and ex-tooth model. If a guy like that had appeared on Community or 30 Rock and seemed way too good to be true at the beginning of the episode, by the end of the episode, he'd be revealed to be either much more or much less than he first appeared. Like he turned out to be some dude named Barry Schwartz from Teaneck, New Jersey, who just tans a lot and watches Univision. But honestly, <laughs> he's exactly who he seems to be. That's what I mean when I say Glee is first level shit. No surprises, no tricks up, up its sleeve. And then there's that scene with Kurt, Rachel, and Mercedes watching TV. They're watching one of the Twilight movies, and they're talking about it in a very general way, so that people in the audience who are only passingly familiar with Twilight can follow along easily. A next-level approach would have them watching, say, The Vampire Diaries and talking about it in a very specific way so that you'd know they were actual fans. 
If this were community, the writers would have come up with a fictional show within a show, and we might <laughs> even have gotten to see some of it. That's so true. But that's not Glee. Glee, again, is first level shit. Ironically, The Office got this right when they had Kelly talking about Glee in the viewing party episode. She knew what the fuck she was talking about. That's next level shit. I'm, I yeah. completely agree with everything I, you just said. <laughs> exactly. Because that's, it is, to me, I like the definition first level, next level. I just kind of chalk it up to the writers, how much leeway they give their audience to either get a joke or not get a joke. And and this is definitely something we talked about before. Like I talked about it with the Christmas episode. Yep. Like they don't, they don't put enough faith in us to understand the joke. They have to explain every fucking thing. Right. I mean, I think the star, I mean, yeah, going back to the Christmas episode, the star Wars was exactly that a smarter show would have found ways to reference it without being like, we're in lights, we're holding lightsabers. There's a Wookiee. Like, but Glee just doesn't. And, you know, I go like Buffy was a master at this because it, almost too much because I think, um, and I mean, I haven't talked to anybody, let's say under the age of 20, who's watched Buffy now. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of references go over people's heads just because they were very timely. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I mean, on the other side, there were things in Buffy I didn't always get because there were references to, you know, sci-fi films or like really obscure things that I didn't get. But it didn't matter if I didn't get them because, you know, it didn't take away from anything. Right. And Lee does the reverse where they, they explain it so much that it's just not funny. Yep. Yep. Okay. What's the uh, what's the Doctor Who take off in community? Inspector time? Something. Oh, God. <laughs> yes. The, I can't. Oh. It's my fave. I it's forget amazing. what it is. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I don't watch Doctor Who. I have you need to watch I'm Doctor so, Who. It's such a commitment. I just haven't been able to do it yet. I'm it's sorry. It's not that big of a commitment because you get addicted and you go through it so fast. It's not a commitment. Yeah, it's not a commitment. It's an addiction. <laughs> then it's over and you jones for more. Well, there's more coming and you won't, you don't jones as hard once you get to the 11th Doctor. It's mm-hmm. just, it's just 10th. It's just David Tennant. And there'll never be any more David Tennant. Sorry. As the Doctor. But right, the point on community, I don't, like, I get the joke, and I don't, you know, well, I'm sure you find it much funnier, because, you you know, you watch a show, so some of the <laughs> jokes within that Doctor Who setup is probably really funny if you're a fan of the show. For me, it's just amusing, because I, I get what, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's, that's supposed to be Doctor Who. But it's even funny if you don't, I think, just because the yeah. way they do it is just funny, because it's like, what is this stupid show they're watching? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Glee. All right. <clears throat> But anyway, I had lots of huge problems with this episode. It just made no narrative sense to me at all. Like Will's Spanish refresher course, for instance. We see the first and last sessions of the class, and Ricky Martin says something about how it's been a good year. So at least a few weeks or months have transpired, but the events of the rest of the episode transpire over no more than a couple of days. What the hell, Glee? Time warp, Wayne. Time warp. And Glee, obviously, has no idea how schools or the teaching profession work at all. A school the size of McKinley would have a whole history department. And I'm sure those nice men and women would like to know why there's a tenured history position. And I'm not going to get into how tenure actually works. And the only people being considered are the cheerleading coach, the Glee Club guy, and the guidance counselor. And the job goes to the guidance counselor. Again, Glee, what the hell? She's not even a teacher. You have to be a certified and take a shit ton of coursework to teach history full time. Emma undoubtedly studied to be a guidance counselor. That's a position she's trained for. I might also point out 
okay. Is he changing subjects? No, 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 no. Because this, I know um, Slug of the Slug class was also confused by this. Um, it was I just think, a, a tenured position. It, was it wasn't. It was the idea of getting tenure. It yeah. wasn't, yeah, it wasn't a tenured history position. Right. It was a tenured position. Right, because I know that was. Because um, you could only give tenure to a certain amount of teachers. Teachers. It has no. No you know, bearing on what you do on or what teach. Subject. I be- and again, like, I don't know exactly how the system works. Maybe I'm wrong. But it's not like, you know, you need to have, you know, three tenured history professor teachers and two tenured English teachers. No, it was just there isn't tenure has now opened up for another teacher. Any teacher yeah. who's not tenured is eligible for it. Mm-hmm. Um, Emma, Emma got it. So it wasn't that Emma's now going to teach history. Um, it's just that now Emma has tenure as a guidance counselor. She has a little more job security. Yeah. Um, I mean, that made perfect sense to me, but I know it confused, I guess, some people out there. But yeah, I didn't shuffle. She's still a guidance counselor. Will does not have tenure, but he's teaching history. Yes. Yeah. And we'll probably never hear about it again, so it probably won't matter. Yep. Yeah. Um, I might also, Wayne continues, I might also point out that in a school the size of McKinley, there would almost certainly be two or three Spanish teachers on staff, and that Will would probably only be teaching first-year Spanish, basic vocabulary and some verb conjugation, along with a smattering of conversational phrases. And even to do that, there are certification processes, competence tests, licenses, and again, a shit ton of coursework you have to do first. I'm saying this as someone who is certified to teach English and Spanish in both Michigan and Illinois. I don't know about Ohio. Maybe it's the wild fucking west there or something. <laughs> I mean, it kind of is based on what yeah. he is talking me. But getting back to the plot, I thought this episode taught its young viewers a terrible lesson. If you have problems with your teachers, take your complaint immediately to the principal and file an anonymous report because that will solve everything. Well, in fairness, it wasn't anonymous, right? Becky's wasn't. How about this instead? Becky no, it, answer- it, it was anonymous. Nope. Good. Yes, it was. Sue Sue went in to Figgins' office and pulled out the complaint cards. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So it was it was anonymous where it wasn't supposed to be revealed, but their names right. were on the cards. Yeah. No, okay. it, her name was not on the card. Oh, my God. You're totally right. I'm sorry. I know I'm right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> no, I just I forgot that line. And it was actually kind of cute. It was filled out in crayon and it was either Becky or Brittany and Becky's the better speller. You're right. I totally forgot that. I'm sorry. Um, okay. How about this instead? Becky and Santana, raise your fucking hand and ask your teacher a goddamn question. If you have an issue with the way a class is being taught, at least give the teacher a chance to respond before taking your complaint to a superior. God, we're living in such a weaselly, backstabby world. No wonder the courts are clogged with lawsuits. Can't people just resolve their issues face-to-face, one-on-one, without getting a third party involved immediately? I agree with that, just because I know that happens, you know. That can be in in office politics that can happen. Mm -hmm. Like, always talk to the person first. You never know if you can solve it yourself. Yep. Uh, And besides, Santana, a lot of your argument is bullshit because it hinges on the premise that La Isla Bonita, or Spanish lullaby, is more authentic than Will's admittedly silly performance. Newsflash, it isn't. There isn't an authentic molecule in the body of the decidedly non-Latina Madonna, Luis Sicon... How do you say her last name? Uh, crap, I don't remember. Sicon, Sicone, a woman who sheds identities. (laughs) That's not it, but keep going. (laughs) Like, snakes shed their skins. She's British now, right? Yeah. Yes, Madonna's totally British now. It's a catchy song and all. Should I do the rest in her British accent? Madonna's (laughs) fake British accent. It's a catchy song and all, but La Isla Benita is just musical tourism and nothing more. It's about as authentic as Taco Bell. And while we're on the subject, artists like Ricky Martin and Gloria Estefan have made millions by tailoring their music to the taste of the American top 40 listening audience. In other words, I don't find them too terribly authentic either. And since when has authenticity counted for anything on Glee? Gah! 
They should have done some Shakira. Oh, that's true. Because she her album was both in English and Spanish. She released it both ways. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they'll do a tribute episode. Perhaps. I realize this email reads more like a deranged rant than an actual review, but the Spanish teacher reached me at exactly the wrong time. I've gotten my second nasty winter cold of the season. It brought a side order of laryngitis with it, and I've been more or less unable to speak for a few, wor- a few words for the last three days. When you can't speak, people treat you like a moron, as if your IQ suddenly dropped 50 points. It's depressing, frustrating, and humiliating. And then Glee comes along this week and also treats me like I'm a moron. <laughs> In the words of Popeye, that's all I can stand, and I can't stand no more. I'm sorry, Wayne. Feel better. Yeah. Uh, I want to end this email on an up note. So here's a funny anecdote about the song Don't Want to Lose You by Gloria Estefan. So Gloria's performing somewhere, getting ready to sing that song, and a guy in the audience flashes her. The people in the crowd can't see, but everyone on stage can. Now they're all cracking up. Gloria's trying to maintain her composure, but she can't because the first line of the song, sometimes it's hard. <laughs> Writing under duress, Wayne Kotke at d2writestuffblogspot.com. Visit his blog because he's sick, the poor dear. And he's a great writer and writes some really funny things over there, and you should go check it out. I hope you feel better now, Wayne. I really do, Wayne. Um, And we do. We more or less agreed on this episode. It was just ridiculous. Sacrifice a virgin to a pagan god, and you'll be okay. Yep. It was ridiculous. I mean, I guess I – there was enough about it that I enjoyed it. If I didn't think about it, as soon as I started thinking about it, eh. and the fact that the music was really underwhelming was really disappointing. Yeah, so over- underwhelming. So, it's so, so like coming from, you know, um, Paris Barclay and Ian Brennan, who delivered some of the best Glee ever. Mm. But, you know, hey, it's another day. It's another episode. Uh, we get one episode next week is the big Valentine's Day episode. Mm-hmm. And then I think we're on hiatus again. Great. <laughs> right? Um, I don't know when they come back. Um but uh, as always, stay in contact with us, and we may have some commentaries coming up for you. Yeah, we'll work I don't know if something. Eric, if you, you were on Twitter, but um, yeah, I saw. Uh, yeah, somebody's cooking up a good commentary for us. All right. Well, as always, you can find us over at the Palaver Forums. It's p a l a v r dot com. You can follow us on Twitter. Emily is Deadly Dolls. Erica I is. am Eric is Nitz. You can read our blogs, one mm-hmm. of which I don't update, com. Emily's is. So everybody should go to her blog so that she eventually does update it. I uh, guess. You can find that at. No, I just Uh-oh. gave my blog. Can you hear small... me? I, yeah, you can hear me. Okay. You got quiet unless you were just not talking. No, I already said my blog. It's your turn. Oh, okay. I didn't hear your blog. Say your blog okay. again just in case the people didn't hear Nitsasmallworld.com. And okay, I'm visit. sorry, people, if you already heard it. Emily's, well, it records my end regardless, because so, <laughs> I'm plugged into my computer. No, I try to be nice. This is what I get. You can visit Emily's blog at deadlydollshouse.com. <laughs> and as always, you could write to us at leecast at gmail.com. We welcome your feedback. We Your feedback Treasure is our Valentine. It. Yes, it is. It's a box of a Godiva chocolates that tastes great so do it send it um we'll happy valentine's day yeah we'll talk to you after the next episode bye